0: Welcome back to the Sales and Marketing Summit. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm the executive publisher here at Freight Waves. And right now we're going to talk about when you strike out on your own. You know, you have the agent model, right? Which is 100% commission, it's entrepreneurship. And then you have, you know, what what people really think is entrepreneurship and that is the operating under your own authority, getting your own MC number, getting your insurance, getting your financing in line and all the back office functionalities. And that's a, a real decision for, for any freight broker who wants to go out and 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 do their own thing. And talking to Mike Fulham uh, today, who just recently made that decision, went through that decision process. Uh, he, uh, he's the founder of Sandtable, a uh, freight brokers that is a, a, an agent model. And we're going to go through his decision-making process of, of what to do. Welcome to uh, the Sales and Marketing Summit, Mike. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Excited to be here. Yeah, what's a little bit of your background, kind of your experience as a freight broker, and kind of uh, the the pivot into, you know, running your own shop.
1: Well, I've done a little bit of everything.
0: Uh, I've been in the industry for
1: I think sixteen years now. I started with um, C.H. Robinson and and left, and spent some time uh, at some other companies, learning a little bit about. Uh, Different types of freight brokerage, a little bit about sales and operations and even high level back office management, finance, brokerage and how it works. Um, And recently decided to make the leap to to try our own thing with some friends I've worked with along the way for a few different reasons. Um, But I think I think my time spent with the other organizations, learning how they do it and not only how uh, it is done, but how many different ways it can be done and how you can kind of change your value proposition based on the infrastructure of your company. So we thought it was a cool idea to, to build our own brand and go to market and see what we could do with all the knowledge we've acquired along the way.
0: Yeah, it's always a, a scary ride. It's a roller coaster. There's a, a lot of uh, euphoria. And then there's a lot of <laughs> uh, hesitation and, and general scariness, right? Yes,
1: exactly. You know, yeah. the.
0: it's almost exactly how you described it.
1: You know, me and my partner, Alex, have been working together for a long time. And he's more risk adverse. I'm more risk tolerant. You know, I'm more sales focused. He's more operationally focused. And I don't think if if I didn't have a partner that balanced me out, I would be uh, somewhat sane at the moment because it is a ride. It really is. It's, it's a hard decision to make, but the decision is exciting. You know, you're building a brand, you're establishing your vision, and then it happens and then all of a sudden you get business and you got to figure out how to operate that business. And, uh, it was a harder decision on the front end to say, do we want to be a uh, part of the agent model and build our own brand that way? Or do we want to go all in and do the back office as well?
0: And at this point in our journey, it, it made, I'm glad we made that decision. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first talked to you and you're, you're thinking about this, you, you went out and got your own USDOT authority, I think, and your MC number, and you were really leaning uh, heavily with, with operating under your own authority. And, you know, can you describe some of the pros and then some of the cons uh, of, of striking out on your own? as pretty perfect.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, there's still ambitions to be entirely self-sufficient. And I think that was probably the most enticing part about not going the agent route, is that eventually, you know, we'll, we'll think about retirement and be entirely self-sufficient. However, um, there's a lot of challenges in doing that, that limits your focus on the customers, limits your focus on the carriers, and also exposes you to a tremendous amount of risk when you're trying to get that plane to take off. Um, I think the biggest one is the obvious one: uh, quick paying carriers being able
0: to connect with those carriers and cash floating flow. the accounts
1: receivable. That's the biggest part.
0: Cash, cash flow is a, is a huge obstacle, right? Yeah, J- just getting your credit with a new MC number is is difficult, but but just the cash flow constraints because you are you're paying carriers uh, ideally within three, four, or five days uh, at the latest, right? And you might not get paid for forty five. 60 days, and if you bring on a new account while you're doing that, that, that could be lucrative. It really puts a strain because that the cash flow requirements and the working capital is 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 overwhelming. It, it almost can't be done without going out and securing um, an additional line of credit that might be over your head. Exactly, and and we did a lot of analysis on that front. Uh,
1: we did all sorts of cost of capital analysis. From different avenues. And it's, it's not impossible. Um, and it's not necessarily uh, more or less expensive to a dramatic degree than an agent model, depending on who you're working with. I think the challenge is that when, when you're using that money to operate the business, you can't use that money to invest in the business. So we do have, you know, some investment dollars and some monies that we want to put back into the business. Whether it be talent, whether it be technology, whether it be some sort of innovative solution, um, we can do that now because we're partnered with the company and supporting us.
0: Yeah, you're partnered with the company. Though there's also the, the the back office work, right? I, you take the financing considerations, take the back office work. I, I think a lot of people really undervalue how complex that is because if you're invoicing customers and paying ca- paying carriers, then you're not making calls. To your, your existing book of business or expanding that book of business because you're doing, uh, you, 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 you're just managing your, your back office automation or your, your back office work processes.
1: That was a huge factor. Um, admittedly, I mean, my experience in managing it has kind of been managing a team that does it or managing KPIs that tell me which direction it's going in and what we need to do, highlight the issues and fix it. Um, so now that that if we had to do that, I don't think we would be in the position we are now, which is onboarding customers, growing customers, and partnering with carriers, because, like you said, um not only do you have to do those things, but when those things don't go as planned and they require some extra energy, some extra effort, it can cannibalize your whole week and and put you back so i'm I'm super grateful for having the team that we do because it's enabling us to build the foundation of the business um which is important.
0: Hey let's talk about like like percentages or or costs on that you have working capital you have uh the, the back office processes uh which require time effort even if you hire people it's still something that, that you really have to to, to manage and, and then you you flip it over to the agent model where you know whether it's a 20% split you know 80 20 70 30 50 50 whatever it is you have to um you have to do a cost analysis of okay so i'm going to do all of all of the the business processes of the freight brokers take time away from sales and and do that how much is that going to cost me compared to giving up say 30 percent of my margin yeah it's it's really the operational um cost it's
1: the operational cost and that's hard to measure Uh, especially in the beginning where every relationship is super important um, and you really need to stabilize and create some roots behind them. If if you're spending your time worrying about a percentage point, instead of getting the business off the ground, it, it's not only an operational cost, it's it's a major risk to your brand. I think one of the things that's a variable in the agent model is who you're working with and what the cost is. But there's another piece to it is what type of freedom do you get as an agent? Um, do you have the freedom to build your own brand? Do you have your freedom to hire and create process and technology and the things the, the solutions that you want to your customers? Are you able to price them in a certain way? If, if you're getting the freedom that you need to build your, your value proposition, to build your brand and to make it happen, those percentage points over time matter less and less. Um, so I think that was really important for us, especially with this company is understanding that it's the operational costs that, that we're saving that is hard to identify, but the cost itself, when we did the, the the cost analysis, it's really not that, that significant. I mean, it really isn't compared to what a bank would give you today, compared to what, you know, a platform that might extend you credit to do these things, it climbs fast. And... In, in March, if if the rates go up again, well, what happens to your credit line? The credit line goes to the roof again. It's another conversation with the bank. So, you know, there probably is value in going to a bank long term, but to get off the ground, and if you really believe in what what you want to do on the carrier side, the customer side, and a value proposition, you need to to really consider the agent model.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point because to, to get off the ground as a freight broker, you need volume, you need customers, you need volume and customers, and and, and good margin, right? And that, that's the core of it. It's not really the financing, or I mean, I, I guess you do need the financing, right? But the, but but if you can start, um, if you can start just going out and building your book, building your business without worrying so much about the financing and back office then that puts you in a position to where eventually you can overtake that. You you can strike out in your own, your own authority. um, But, but you have a much more stable business and freight brokerage when you actually do that. Exactly. And I think, I think that's the, the reason that it, that it works.
1: Um, Again, each, each authority that's allowing you to become an agent is going to have their own rule set and their own numbers and you have to work through your your business plan to see if it makes sense. I think one of the things that often isn't talked about in the agent model is while they're taking care of the back office to get a brokerage going and you're able to focus and establish that brokerage like we talked about, you're also building your own company. You're also building your own company beyond brokerage, whether it means going out and putting some assets on the ground in the transportation space whether it means warehousing, maybe it's consulting, in those type of service lines, you don't necessarily need a bank in the same way that you would, or an agent in the same way that you would. So you're able to kind of compartmentalize this process, focus on the business, and potentially grow your own business in other ways without worrying about these things
0: that that really just just cannibalize your ability to get off the ground. Yeah. So so we know the pros of the, the ancient model. Um, you know, you went through this process. You joined Pierce Worldwide, correct? Um, and you evaluated um, that. And I think Nate Cross is is the uh, agent recruiter or development person over there. Great guy. What are some of the red flags whenever you're talking to different companies that have the agent model? Uh, things to, to to really be wary of, because I'm sure you talked to, to several different uh companies uh, or freight brokers just as that have the, the agent model. What are some of the red flags uh anyone thinking about this should should really look out for? It's hard to say um
1: that there's just these
0: red flags that I would box. I think that
1: it really depends on you as an agent what you want. We want to build a business. We want to build a long-term business. Some agents want to work from home, manage their customers and and that be it. And that's fine too. When you're picking an agent, if they don't align with that, I think you need to be careful. I think in today's world, you really have to investigate a potential non-compete, a potential non-solicit, especially if you're trying to go the route of building your own business. I think you need to understand if there's any rules on the marketing side, what's acceptable and what isn't, because you do need to market and build your business. And if there's a rule set that doesn't suit you, you need to, to continue to look. Um, I think you need to understand what their credit limitations are and how they go about achieving credit. Are they a debt free organization that leverages their own cash flow to extend your customer's credit or your future customer's credit, or are they going through a bank? You need to understand these things because their limitations become your limitations um now, if you have an appetite for a comfortable life to manage your customers and there's agents that do great that way, then maybe there's things. Or the specifics behind those things are less important. If you're trying to be a, build a business, you really need to hash that stuff out. I think Pierce has been great about supporting us and also giving us freedom. Um, and, and also they're a coach. They're a coach in a lot of ways that helps us. And I think, um, it may not be a red flag that, Hey, if you're meeting with them, and they're not coaching you right off the bat. It's a red flag, but I think, I think you really want to look for a partner that's going to help you succeed. And if it's more about collecting customers and collecting
0: carriers and putting it through their process, you have to ask yourself if that's what you want. Yeah. I think one of the things, it's not a red flag per se, but one of the things that uh, you probably should really look for, look at are protected accounts and kind of how your book of business and, and your niche or what you're going to go after to, to build build that book of business as, as well it isn't overlapping with... Other agents and their protected accounts. Uh, how do you evaluate that? We went through that process um, before that we made a decision, um, and
1: initially, that was was a huge factor in even going to the banks and trying to figure out what we could do there. Um, because having a sea with plenty of fish would be great to start a business with. We had those conversations, and they were were forthright from the beginning. These are your no touch. Everything else is a go. If there's overlap, here's the process to solving for it. Here are the absolute non-negotiables. And uh, we established that before we signed. If they're not giving you that information before you sign, I would say that that's a red flag. If you can't tell me in advance, you know, what's off limits or what isn't, then, you know, we're not going to figure it out
0: later. We need to figure this out now. And we were able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I would say if if they're not willing to do that, that's a huge red flag that that you should run away as as fast as possible because you could get yourself into a a really horrible situation Uh, when it comes to that. uh, What are some other pieces of advice that you've learned along the way? It's, you know, if, if there's one thing that going out on your own in any business will teach you, is uh it's a, a steep learning curve and you learn quite a bit and usually it's by making mistakes which is good you make as many mistakes as you can you learn how to do it right by process of elimination what are what are some of the the other lessons that you've learned uh since you've uh, created sandtable i think um
1: you know one of my fears to be completely vulnerable one of my fears going into this was a consequence of starting your own brand, even though the agency elevates your brand, being backed by them can very much elevate your brand. I was still very concerned with the perception of our size and scope. Um, it's not as big of a factor as I thought it was. And I think being direct and honest about what you intend to be, but also what you are now and what you can do for a partner now, whether it be the biggest shipper in the world or the smallest shipper in the world, seems to hit home. Um, I wish I had more confidence in that in the beginning. It granted, it's only been a few months, but, uh, it, it hasn't been the concern that I thought it was. And I spent a lot of time prepping and strategizing to defeat that potential objection or defeat that challenge. When I think it's basically take the next step and take the step now, don't worry about the 50 steps ahead, take the next step and go, if it's booking a truck, if it's, Closing a new customer if it's getting a check off. Take that step and uh, don't worry so much about how you're potentially perceived.
0: I, I, th- I think there's a, uh, there's a fantastic point. You know, People will buy the vision and, and, the, and the why. You know, Start with why, uh, famous book by, by Simon Sinek. Uh, people will buy into your vision, buy into your dream, buy into what you can do in, in the future. And, and, and just starting out or being small is not as big of a hindrance as as you always think i I think that's it's an important lesson no in sales or entrepreneurship or whatever you're doing in life yeah you can do a lot with uh Mm -hmm. with
1: with very few good people especially when 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 you're predicated on service um and you're focused on difficult commodities you can do a lot with a very small and focused team
0: and i think that's uh, a selling point i may have missed in the beginning yeah yeah. You know, know your niche, attack your niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you'll do great. Uh, thank you so much, Mike, for, for joining us today on, on, at this, this sales and marketing summit. And, um, we have great content coming up for the rest of the day. And I hope everyone's having a great time. Thank you for having me.